0: Real on Reels, Episode Five: Todd Browning, Deathmatch, Dracula vs. Freaks.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Real on Reels. I'm Jeremiah, and I'm Rob. And today. We will be breaking from our long-standing, time-honored tradition of discussing only one film, and we will be having a debate, our first debate of the show so far. It's not a debate. It's a death match. Or that, you know. It's pretty much the same thing. We'll be discussing two uh, Todd Browning classics. Todd Browning is the director, of course. Um, They are... Classics of the horror genre from 1931, 1932, respectively. They are Dracula and Freaks. Yes. We'll we'll jump in here at the beginning with a little bit of uh, synopsis and and uh, impressions, and then we'll get into our debate portion.
0: Uh, the death match portion.
1: Sure. It's the preferred nomenclature. It is the preferred nomenclature. That might be a little bit of foreshadowing of something. Yes. Yes, because we will be playing a game later. Yes, we will, Rob. Yes, we will.
0: And we made sure that we didn't didn't come up with the same movies for one another. And uh, Jeremiah knows what one of the movies is and kind of gives it away. One of the movies is The Big Lebowski. So anyway, (laughs) uh, Dracula, I think we should probably talk talk about first because it came out first. That seems... Um, reasonable and uh just to give you know to talk about a little bit before we get into our fight to the death in the todd
1: browning death match yeah it's gonna get uh it's gonna get crazy around here it's gonna get a little a little gory sunday sunday
0: sunday
1: <laughs> all right so uh, dracula
0: bella lugosi the uh you know
1: the dracula the Dracula, absolutely. The Dracula that people think of when they think of Dracula. Every bad Dracula costume you've ever seen is pretty much B- the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Right. Um, out of all of the many, many Dracula interpretations, that's the one that has has become the most iconic. It's stood the test of time better than any of the others.
0: Yeah. Um, and Todd Browning, the focus of this um, debate is a um, a great director though as I will be talking about later in the debate I think that shines more through Freaks than <laughs> the film he pretty much abandoned during filming.
1: Yeah I, uh, I came across some of that in my research too That uh, that the cinematographer for Dracula um, I've got his name Carl Frund. Frund kind of took over direction direction for a lot of it, so he's kind of an uncredited co-director.
0: Yeah, because Todd Browning was depressed and d- drinking
1: a lot. Yeah, because uh, his friend he was Todd drowning in alcohol. Well, you know, you guys uh have come to expect at least one of those every episode, so get that out of the way early on this time. All right, so yeah it, uh lon cheney had died recently that's what he was uh he was upset about it was a good friend of his who had starred in phantom of the opera and some other classics so t- t- the the thing about todd browning that stands out to me is how bold and audacious he is um yeah. he even just uh i mean we'll get into freaks more of why <laughs> that movie was uh was a, a a very bold move on his part but yeah even
0: controversial to say the least
1: yeah um but even even dracula was deemed too scary and was recut and there were studio directions that he just blatantly ignored like shooting the entire scene with renfield because uh the the studio told him that they didn't want that in there because of the homoerotic undertones And he went, went ahead with it and it would have been, uh, that movie would not be the, the, the great film that it is without that scene. So that was, it's, it's yeah. good that he stood his ground on that one.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, Renfield's by far the creepiest character, but we'll get into that because we haven't really talked about
1: yet the film. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we want to get a little, uh, give you a little background on each of these and little plot synopses and get in some impressions and uh, kind of do that part of the, the show Uh, quickly here and then we'll get into the juicy debate so yeah so dracula it doesn't require a whole lot of plot synopsis basically you know you all know dracula the vampire uh, based on the bram stoker novel of the same name and he basically wants to move to london to prey on the uh i guess to he wants the the women there or something. I'm like, there's not really much. Yeah, I mean, the first thing ex- he does when he gets it.
0: there is bite somebody, and <laughs> you know, I don't. Know. He turns her into another a vampire, I guess.
1: Yeah, it goes to like a and because in
0: this in this movie, when he bites somebody, they turn into vampires. Right. Like that's this kind of vampire.
1: <laughs> right, right. That's this you know, the classic vampire. Yeah. yeah. And so he he ships himself off to. There's a lot of uh, Nosferatu influence. So there's a similar. A scene on a ship to the scene in that movie but he uh he gets a a guy this guy renfield actually the beginning of the movie starts out with renfield he's this guy who's a like a a real estate uh, agent or something Hmm. and he is um, traveling to dracula's castle and there's a scene at the beginning that is i think um actually taken from the uh the story the bram stoker story dracula's guest which didn't it was like a a, a story that was going to be part of the novel itself, but for whatever reason, it didn't end up making it into oh, the novel. Okay. But it's it, it's you can read the story hmm. separately. Um, but it, it's about the um. I think it's supposed to take place in Transylvania, but yes. the, the actors are speaking Hungarian. Um, but he, they, what they, do you
0: expect? What what are they speaking? What are, what are they speaking in Transylvania? I don't know. I don't think they speak Transylvanian. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So they might be speaking they could be speaking the correct language.
1: Yeah. That that's very possible. I didn't really look into the geography (laughs) before you make a comment like that.
0: Look into the geography of it.
1: Anyway. So (laughs) one, one of the, uh, in their folk, the folklore of the region, they have a Walpurgis night, which is this like kind of Hallow's Eve type of thing. And they're warning him not to go to the castle at night. And, um, he insists that he has to meet somebody at midnight and, uh, that's very much the plot of Dracula's death. When he story. says it's Dracula, they're all like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. What? What? <laughs> That's exactly the reaction. <laughs> Don't you, can't we just take you in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so, so of course there's this great scene. Uh, well, the, the beginning of the movie, let's just, I might as well get into our, our comments here, is so um, iconic. I mean, it's the um, Freund's um, cinematography is just mm. it, it's massively influential from especially from this this first act of the movie. Yeah, it's the, very atmospheric. It's he's he yeah. comes from the German expressionist school. Oh, okay. Which was popping up around the time of um the the Nazi party taking over kind of that and a bunch of filmmakers actually emigrated to the United States during that that time period and Karl Frund was one of them. And oh, so okay. he brought that German Expressionist style to Universal Studios, and Good.
0: the cinematographer
1: was no Nazi, <laughs> right? Good for him. And yeah, so his this style, this this very gothic, atmospheric style from the beginning of this film, influenced a lot of yeah a lot of other horror films, and also film noir later on. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Cause the first time we see Dracula, he him and his like, is it his family? Or his, his
1: children of the night. No, no, they're his wives.
0: <laughs> oh, his wife. Okay, yeah. They, they're like slithering out of their coffins because um, it's nighttime. And yeah, it was a, it's a really creepy scene.
1: Yeah, the whole beginning of the movie, it, it's so creepy and does such a great job setting a tone for the rest of the film. Yeah. So, but Renfield is meeting Dracula because he is bringing him paperwork to sign for uh, a building that he's going to lease in, in London. Right. It's like this old mansion. And... Um, he, uh, he, so he, there's this great, just creepy scene that really, I think is kind of encoded into the DNA of horror at this point, like him just going up to the castle and just, uh, you know, the, the creepy, you know, spider webs and you know, the, just the way he greets him on the stairs and right. it's all very iconic. Yeah. Um, but he goes up and, and he, uh, has him sign these papers. And so that, that kicks off the, the plot and he, um, of course bites him and, he becomes because one of the vampire you know tropes is that you have a like a helper or somebody who like protects you that kind of thing so he becomes that for him yeah and, and dwight fry gives this great performance where he's just um, just really over the top and and off his rocker basically he's yeah. even in, in an actual mental institution and he eats bugs and stuff and oh, it's, it's yeah. awesome love
0: spiders loves them right and I, I would venture to say that renfield is scarier than dracula in this movie
1: yeah, especially in the scene when they're looking down into the the bowels of the ship and he's just laughing maniacally. Yeah, it's the uh, the
0: ship that was found with a ghost, like the all the cr- cr- crew is dead.
1: Oh, yeah, um, yeah. The ship
0: to London that Renfield and Dracula were on. The whole ship arrives to London with the crew dead. Right, and... yeah, I forgot
1: about that. That's a very creepy uh, yeah, scene, and just the implication. The
0: police go down, they look into the bowels of the ship and Renfield's there and he's just got this, you know menacing look on his you know, smile and you know like he's just about to t- take a bite out of every one of them yeah and I, I don't know i mean it was them that killed was it renfield that killed or was it dracula that fed on i mean the trip i assume was long because of right. the ship so he's going I mean, to he, london from he just eventually killed everybody on the ship
1: yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's one it. of the creepy things to, about yeah, it is right. you don't exactly know how they yeah. all died. So um, yeah, I I kind of forgot about that. That that was a great scene. And so the rest of the movie is is um, Dracula trying you know preying on these um, young women that live in the or uh, that live next door to this house that he that he's leasing in London, and uh, it's a very creepy. There's a lot of creepy scenes where he's like lurking outside the mansion and, and like luring them with his Jedi mind powers.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's got like a hypnotic Jedi Dracula thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, you just stare at somebody and will them to do anything except for Van
1: Helsing. Right. Yeah. There's a great scene where he, where Van Helsing and, and Dracula are engaged in this battle of wills. And yeah.
0: That was an amazing scene. Yeah.
1: Come here. Come to me yeah because of course van helsing is this this brilliant professor and he knows that he's a vampire he figures out that he's a vampire and he's trying to convince immediately yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) what are you guys talking about this guy's a vampire (laughs) yeah and uh so they try various things with like with like garlic or something to protect the wolfsbane oh yeah yeah to protect this other professor's daughter who lives there in the manor or whatever yeah because
0: this dracula Bella Lugosi Dracula can transform it not only to a, into a bat, but also a werewolf. Right. Yeah. He's also a werewolf. It's kind of Yeah. I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, they don't make it. I thought clear, I'd seen but, this movie. Right. Just but I guess I would just thought I'd seen it because of all of the, you know, which is kind of embedded into our culture.
1: Right. Yeah. And so it's um it's just an incredible performance by Bella Lugosi. I just absolutely seminal. Yeah. Um and the way that they use the the two little um, pinhole spotlights to our pencil. I think they call them pencil spotlights or something for his yeah. on his eyes to give it that creepy effect. Right. And just the way he has his face twisted into the most sinister expression. Yeah. For, he's got,
0: he's got like this way of smiling. You never see his fangs. Right. Um, and he's got this way of smiling where it's like his entire mouth is black, but it's like mm-hmm. wide open smile. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously some of it's, that's the lighting, but he's just got this like, it, it almost looks like his mouth is filled with blood.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, when
0: he smiles. It's really creepy.
1: <laughs> and he had a lot of practice with this role because he well, he played oh, yeah. Dracula in the touring play of it. Yeah. Yeah. And he was he really, really wanted to do this movie. He took mm. a, a very low salary for Oh it. Yeah, yeah. He took like thirty five hundred bucks for the whole filming. Mm. Um which even then was was just a very low salary for a starring actor. So it was five hundred a week. Right.
0: Yeah. That's um I'd, I'd, I'd like to make that <laughs> <laughs>
1: right but it was and that con- was 19 like that was 1930s yeah that was considered a low salary though even then uh so for you- actors yeah right right that's what i meant <laughs> yeah edward van sloan plays a great van helsing and of course we mentioned dwight fry's crazy performance which gives the movie another depth of horror but yeah, yeah there's just there's such this movie is kind of like it's just part of the horror genre now, like it's just kind yeah. of embedded in it, um, just the way it plays out overall with the, you know, the, the climactic scene where they, where Van Helsing kills Dracula and yeah, um, just all of the, just the creepy sets um, and the way that the, the lighting is used. It's all very much been incorporated into the horror genre. Yeah. All right. So, so
0: let's, uh, you want to talk about freaks um, yeah. real quick before we get into the the debate?
1: Yeah. And then we'll kind of, um, um, yeah, well, yeah, we'll save our actual ratings for after the debate. But
0: Yeah. Freaks was released the following year 1932 is another Todd Browning horror film about as the uh, title suggests circus freaks, particularly it focuses on Hans and Frida and they are a, a little, they're little people and they're a couple that they're just a part of the sideshow at the circus, and they get a new acrobat at the circus uh, named Cleopatra. Hans falls in love with her because of her immense beauty, and and the plot unfolds from there.
1: Yeah. So right off the bat, there's this tension set up between Hans and his fiancee Frida, and the whole the plot centers around that, around the uh, this kind of love triangle thing that develops, where he's Hans is pining for Cleopatra, and. But there, but she's laughing behind his back the entire time. Yeah, there's a a really. There, this movie is brutal. Yeah, in, in that sense, like you really feel for Hans.
0: <clears throat> oh yeah, the real monsters are the, you know, are the the, the, no, the
1: the average people. Yeah, the the quote unquote normal people. Right. Which is um, interesting because, and that's part of why this movie was kind of ahead of its time and, and kind of progressive. Yeah. Because he. I mean, not only is he is he making that um, very very clear that like the the normal people are are the evil ones, it's the actual story it was based on. Even he spurs, he, yeah, he spurs, yeah. He actually flips it because in the story, it's the little person who is the villain, right? And so he even though he takes inspiration from that story, he just completely flips it around.
0: Yeah, and the studio didn't li- really like that message that right. the at, quote unquote normal people are the real freaks right so they like cut out a bunch of dialogue that further kind of cemented that idea
1: yeah it's a it's a that theme you know it's a pretty short film it's only a little over an hour it was supposed to be longer
0: yeah it was actually it was originally released as 90 minutes and then it got censored this movie was very controversial at the time it was was very violent it was banned in a
1: lot of movie or a lot of cities and states
0: yeah because you know this uh what basically happens is the freaks um find out that Cleopatra is trying to plans on poisoning Hans actually she's actively doing it it's like a slow poison or something right um, that she has to keep feeding him which she's like torturing him right because um, he's just sick he's like in the free, the freaks find out about this and decide that they want to kill not only Cleopatra but her boyfriend Hercules the strong man at the uh, circus
1: yeah, and um, the the scene, the the wedding scene or the wedding party or whatever scene. Is oh yeah, because we, we didn't even mention that classic. Hans
0: and Cleopatra get married, right? Because um, you know she's she oh he he's got a fortune, he's got a vast fortune. He's inheriting money, yeah. Right. So she finds out about this and plans on killing him because she wants the money. Right. That's that's an important part of the story that <laughs> I almost glossed
1: over. We are saying she's a gold digger. Yeah, well,
0: absolutely, but she's like a murderer too, correct? Which
1: is which I suppose is a little worse.
0: Yeah, so at the the end scene, which in my opinion is one of the scariest scenes in horror, it's intense w- when the freaks are in this like it's in the rain, and the uh, they're riding stagecoats coaches to the next town um, for the circus, and the stagecoach crashes in this like brutal you know thunderstorm. And the freaks.
1: No offense meant by that term, just the, that's it's, yeah. a term that's used.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> the freaks. <laughs> they they're waiting under the the wagons,
1: and they it's it's such a uh, an unnerving scene where they're all just kind of slithering through the mud, and then yeah. the, the one guy, like, uh, Prince Randian or whatever, yeah, is, the, the, the guy human with, torso, yeah, the guy with no arms and no legs is just slithering. Through, yeah, it's just ooh, it's, and it's There's Randian.
0: an amazing scene with that guy where. He lights a cigarette. He's got, he's got no oh, arms, yeah. no legs. Yeah, he's just a torso and a head. And this guy lights a cigarette with a match, with just his mouth, and it's amazing. And apparently, he rolled that cigarette. Correct. And that they cut that from the film. I would have loved to have seen that. I'm sure it took a while. That's probably why they cut it.
1: Yeah, but that would have been incredible.
0: That, it, it looked like it was really well rolled. So that's impressive very yeah. impressive. But yeah, like th- th- this movie's kind of full of that. It's full of these freaks um doing their acts. Like their acts are very featured because Todd Browning was actually a clown and a contortionist right. when he was a young man. So he's kind of like familiar with all the environment, the culture and he's just it's a very kind of reverential depiction of sideshow acts. Right. Despite it being a kind of brutal and pretty horrifying
1: film. Right. And I might as well mention that American Horror Story did a whole season called Freaks. Right. Which I, I saw recently and I did not realize that it was so... I, influence doesn't, isn't even the word. It's like they took every character from this movie. And like every character in that season of American Horror Story is inspired by a character from this movie. Oh, really? It's, yeah. They, oh, I need to watch that. They then. take... Yeah, that season, it's like um, the way Paula described it was that it's like a one big fan fiction, like it's this loving tribute. That's awesome. But yeah, it's very much in the same spirit. The ending is like almost exactly the same. But I hope uh, a little
0: more violent. Because uh, we didn't mention this, the the reason why it was cut from ninety minutes to an hour is because the ending was way more violent. Right. And this. This movie caused so much controversy. The studio head tried to stop it. You know, the second M and MGM, <laughs> Louis B. Mayer. Wow. Tried to stop the movie when they saw the cast
1: on the set. Right. Yeah. They had, they had most of the cast members eat in a separate tent. Yeah. It,
0: it, the irony of the, how these people were treated on the set of yeah, the movie yeah. is beyond, I mean, you can just, yeah, it's you a, can figure it out yourself, but.
1: Yeah, it's an incredible f- film history um, story, really.
0: Yeah, and but. Um,
1: Tod Browning's career never recovered, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, this was like Dracula and Freaks are both pre-code horror movies mm-hmm. before Hollywood had kind of a standard of morals and ethics that couldn't be broken, abused, or broken. <laughs> Slowly morph back into Dracula for some reason.
1: Yeah. So, why don't we get into the debate, Rob? Um,
0: no, I think we should continue talking about the better movie of the two, Freaks. Well, because we didn't. I don't know if we mentioned. I will be taking the side of Freaks. We'd predetermined this, and Jeremiah is going to be taking the side of Dracula. And fortunately, we both ended up, you know. That ended up actually being we didn't have to defend something, which I think could have been interesting. I would have would have been inter- interesting to defend something that I thought was
1: yeah we we both ended up defending the film that we actually prefer. So
0: yeah, so um, yeah, Freaks is better. End of podcast.
1: Well, this has been Real on Reels.
0: Um, yeah, so if you wanted to subscribe, okay,
1: <laughs> not really. We, we we're gonna have the debate but it, it, i'm i'm right no i'm right um no so let me take my notes out <laughs> i've got i've got my no- notes as well i'm just not making it such a theatrical uh display of it <clears throat> it's just one piece of paper all all yeah. that for one piece of paper folks <laughs>
0: section 1 <laughs> why freaks is a better movie <laughs> all right get it and get laid on me Oh okay. You just want me to read Okay. Go for it. Dracula is a great film. It's classic chilling horror. But Freaks is not only scary as all hell. It's got a message. It's got a heart. It's got depth. And I think Dracula it's pretty straightforward. You just kind of get what you uh what you see. I don't think there's a lot of like su- there's not too much subtext. It's pretty surface heavy
1: yeah I would agree that it's it doesn't have as much subtext just because of the nature of it, but nevertheless it is the most um, arguably probably the most defining story in the horror genre and the way that they bring it to life and the fact that it's so uh, that it's been so influential and has still kind of stood. Head and shoulders above all the all the adapt all the other vampire Dracula whatever adaptations. I mean, there's really none that are quite as good, I don't think. I, um,
0: I mean, do you know how unimportant it is to be part of culture? Justin Bieber's a part of culture. You know. <laughs> fair point, uh, fair point.
1: Kardashians are part of are part of culture. It's not merely that it's been embedded in the culture. I mean, though those people that you've mentioned are are popular, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've had that their work is like kind of, kind of like a, the groundwork for other stuff. It's kind of just floating at the top and it's not going to be remembered for for very long, probably. Um, so that, that's just not, it's not really a fair comparison. And like I said, um, I think, um, I think the cinematography really stands out and is definitely better than that of freaks. I didn't, I, the way that that movie was shot doesn't, really do much for me i mean it's it's just pretty it's pretty straightforward um i do think that it does get scary at the end but dracula and dracula is kind of almost the opposite but it does maintain its horror film feel like it, it doesn't you know freaks i mean it does get a little little uh, slow in the middle and becomes a little bit more of a drama but i feel like freaks a lot of it is a drama and then it just kind of turns into a horror movie
0: i i get that dracula is a little more consistently scary but i mean let me ask you this. Are we talking about what is the better film or what is the better Todd Browning film?
1: I mean, I don't have that much else to go on as far as Todd Browning's films, but... No, I mean, just of the
0: two. What are we debating here? Are we debating... I guess I initially said it was the better film, but are we debating it? Because if it's the better Todd Browning film, it's got to be Freaks, because, like we mentioned earlier, he didn't direct a lot of Dracula.
1: Oh, well, that that is a technicality that probably makes uh puts me at a disadvantage from the get-go so i i I feel like it should just be which one's better yeah Um, but (laughs) i like that you're at a disadvantage at the (laughs) get-go
0: because it helps me
1: i don't like it very much hogwash (laughs) all right but um yeah i do think i do think dracula is the more uh is the more enjoyable overall and Um, is the more the more it's the neater screenplay like it doesn't it doesn't uh, have really any tangents it doesn't it maintains its tension and it has a it just has a composition to it an overall feel to it that that is satisfying whereas freaks is a little disjointed
0: but i mean it's not dracula it's not a better film because it's it's not really a story I mean, it kind of is, but it's mostly just a collection of scenes of Bela Lugosi, drunk, going from room to room. (laughs) Van Helsing happens to be there. (laughs) And him just biting people randomly. It's there's it's there's not much of a story going on in Dracula.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more character depth to Freaks. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah. And I. I don't know. I just. You have no idea just how baffled I am how you could be so wrong.
1: <laughs> I am baffling sometimes and my rightness, so i think I think Dracula <laughs> I do think that a couple of the performances stand out in ways that no, no one in particular in freaks stood out for me um really i I do like the fact that that the freaks and freaks <laughs> are. Presented in a very matter-of-fact way. Like well, yeah. Didn't... I mean,
0: we didn't really go over what kind of freaks there are. Right. There's all kinds of freaks. <laughs> There's your, your pinheads. And I'm just using freak terms, people. <laughs> There's your pinheads. You had the bearded lady, the classic bearded lady.
1: The half-boy with no legs.
0: Right, the half-boy with no legs. Um, the human torso, as we mentioned.
1: Siamese twins.
0: Siamese twins. The half-man, half-woman. Like, literally, she's split in half. <laughs> One side of her is a, a woman. One side is a man.
1: The strong man, Hercules, but yeah. he's not really—he's
0: he, not really a freak. But he is part of the yeah, sideshow, right? Well, I mean, he is a—he is a freak. He was—I mean, like we said, he's the real freak, right? Because um, these people have more humanity in their thumb than he has in his entire jerk body.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, so yeah, I mean, they used actual circus performers right sideshow performers and yeah there's certainly an authenticity and i don't know i thought the character of frida was particularly heartbreaking
1: yeah that's a fair point she does Um, a good job with that role for sure
0: and you know what's interesting about that role or that those two roles hans and frida was their brothers and brother and sister in real life and yeah so there was never like any kissing or yeah anything like that they kind of like had this relationship where he was fawning over cleopatra and she wasn't liking it and then he married cleopatra Mm. and then they reconcile at the end of the movie and they just kind of hug
1: right yeah the 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 romantic and sexual tension in this movie could be cut with a knife like it's really it's it's very palpable throughout most of it Mm, really yeah, because there's it's not just that like that aspect of it where he's like pining for Cleopatra, but there's also the the clown and Venus. They have their relationship. Oh yeah, burgeoning they're, as yeah. Well.
0: They're that's right. They're, yeah, they're always like it's like it's like the Olympics, um, where where they live uh, during the Olympics. It's like just full of sex. <laughs> Circus is just full of sex. Do you know that during the Olympics, like the. Uh, where all the athletes live and stuff during it. It's just, it's just like, it's rampant sex.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah. At least that's what I've heard. I'm no athlete by any means.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know anything about that either. The athlete part. Anyway. <laughs> so, Dracula is a better movie. So let's move on to our game. Um, not quite yet, Jeremiah, because Ooh. I've got to tell you that you're wrong okay it's not the
0: better movie
1: (laughs) it's just not so what do we want to what do you want to give as a closing statement here about why freaks should have the title of best todd browning film over dracula
0: okay my final statement is that just because dracula is more embedded as a cultural artifact doesn't mean that this is it's a better film than freaks freaks is a more well-rounded film even though it got cut because of dumb censorship in the 30s it still maintains a i don't know it still maintains its message it still maintains its theme there's a good story um it's a good revenge movie it's
1: you know oh, yeah, i didn't even think about it that way it is a good revenge movie
0: and it, it's yeah, it's just it's a phenomenal flick and if you think Dracula's better you're just
1: dead wrong. That I'm sure that was not a intended pun in any in any fashion. Actually it wasn't, but it works out. <laughs> it does work out. So it all works out in the end. So I will just say that um you make a compelling case um but I think Dracula as a film edges it out just a little bit. I mean, freaks don't get me wrong. Plenty of street cred there. Like Todd Browning was a straight boss. Um, but Dracula is a more overall uh, consummate film that, that feels, like I said, it feels coherent and the, the way the screenplay plays out is very neat and it wraps things up nicely and it is very much um the perfect horror film at least for the era um and it horror films all the there it's been one of the most imitated and i don't think the the structure of a horror movie has really changed much and um,
0: most imitated but American Horror Story based an entire season
1: on it. <laughs> Freaks. <laughs> That's true, but they also had a season that was largely about vampires.
0: Well, they didn't invent vampires. Dracula didn't invent vampires. Bram Stoker did. Fair point. So um, take that in your <laughs> pipe and smoke it.
1: So I think, yeah, Freaks, Freaks was uh, very bold and, and um, very original. But like I said, I think I just think Dr- Dracula has more more artistic merit as a film, with in terms of the acting, in terms of cinematography. Like I said, it's it's really stood the test of time, for the most part, and uh, that's why I'm right. So,
0: oh, we didn't what, even really mention at the end of the film, freaks. They kill Cleopatra, or no? They they maim her, and they oh, turn right, her. Right, yeah, yeah, they turn her into a freak. Yeah, um, that, she turns into a bird girl.
1: It's a very disturbing. Yeah, because the film
0: starts off with uh, a sideshow like yeah. ring leader or you know a sideshow hawker going, "Hey, everybody, everybody, we've got a freak here," and you don't know what they're talking about, what he's talking about. Everybody like looks at it and you know freaks out, and they what continue they uh, so at the end of the film. You see that Cleopatra was maimed beyond repair by the freaks.
1: Yeah, it's it's disturbing. And in
0: the uncut, apparently, even though it's the film's law, the footage is lost. I guess somehow they must have the script or something. Right. Hercules, Cleopatra, a boyfriend gets castrated, and he's supposed to be singing in like a falsetto soprano, you know, voice.
1: I'm glad they cut that because that would have been really silly. But no, I think it would have
0: been great. I I don't know. I'm. I'm really I I hope they find that footage. Oh, well yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's d- degraded beyond recognition, but I hope not.
1: I I'm, I would be curious to see how they actually how they actually got that on film. Yeah. Cuz I just want to see what was so mm-hmm. cuz come on, let's be
0: real here. Cuz this is after all, real on reels. Let's be real. <laughs> this film was controversial, but controversial by 1930s standards even the cut version of this movie was thought to be disgusting and too horrific. And it's really not. I mean, a lot of the violence is off screen
1: looking back. Yeah. It's it's not, very creepy. It's not that bad. Yeah. Same with Dracula. It's, you know, it's the not modern audiences. It's not, it's a little bit disturbing, but it's you know, not, but
0: the, these films succeed in their more in their atmosphere, atmospheric horror.
1: Yeah. And um, I guess that's, that's probably my bias that I really like atmospheric horror. Like I just like, I love it when, uh, you know, filmmakers can just create a mood that really makes you feel like you're there. And I feel like Dracula does that. And I feel like freaks only does that toward the end.
0: Yeah. And it could just be because Todd Browning knew that people obviously look down upon these people. Um, and just don't, they just did not have any concept that these kind of people existed. Right. And so obviously, it scared those kind of scenes of just them being them. Right. Probably more was way scarier for them than it is right. for us. Exactly. So, I yeah, I can see that, but I still think it it's a good build up to what we see um, happen. I think it's worth the build up.
1: It's, and it being only an hour long. It does in a way. I'm, I'm just realizing this too. It does in a way. There's a perverse pleasure in seeing them get their revenge. Oh yeah, well, because, isn't that
0: always the case in revenge movies? Right,
1: and that's what uh, that's why the the wedding scene is so integral.
0: Right, because the wedding scene, Hans and Cleopatra got married. They're having a party, a dinner, and the freaks decide to accept Cleopatra as one of them. One of us, one of us, Google gobble, google gobble, and the um, there's a little person going around giving people everybody sharing a big goblet of wine. And he goes to give it to Cleopatra, and she's just disgusted by the concept that she has to share this Mm. wine with them. Um, And she picks up the wine and
1: splashes it on him and says, You're a bunch of freaks! And she just flips out. Flies out the handle, and she picks up Hans. And she's been smooching on Hercules the whole time, which obviously hurts Hans because they were supposed to have just gotten married. (laughs) right? And, yeah. It's a... heartbreaking
0: yeah it's a it's a hard film like to watch and not just in a horror sense but in a Mm -hmm. humane sense right yeah um but i think that's part of its you know value as a horror film and a commentary
1: right it it shares that similar or it shares that um quality with hereditary a little bit actually yeah I didn't think about that. It kind before.
0: of builds up and it's you know more about the kind of a two genre relationships so, and yeah. you know human right. evilness and
1: Yeah. So what's your rating, Rob? On freaks. On freaks. Um I I
0: agree I a lot of your points I, I do agree with. I think it, it does kind of drag, even though it is an hour, um and it's not consistently as scary as Dracula. But I would give freaks, on a scale of one to ten robs, a
1: nine robs. You give it nine robs?
0: I give it nine robs.
1: I'm actually going to give Dracula nine Jeremiah's.
0: Oh. Okay, so then what would I give Dracula? A one. No. Um, I would give Dracula probably an eight and a half. I mean, I don't like it. I do not dislike it by any means. I mean, I'm de <laughs> I'm dissing it just because, in the spirit of this episode. But right,
1: Freaks does get slightly better ratings on IMDb and Rotten oh, Tomatoes. That was
0: what I was going to also bring up. You're, yeah. I mean, this whole debate's pointless. I've already because lost
1: objectively in the debate
0: of world opinion it, it's objectively better. Freaks is objectively better by every measure, so good day, you lost <laughs> the bum's lost
1: okay, it. so uh, what would you I,
0: give freaks then
1: um I'd give it an eight point eight just slightly under it. cool, both great films, not perfect no no i
0: they'll both have their problems. I think a lot of films back then had like editing flaws and I mean, right. that was just the nature of primitive filmmaking back then. Right. Um, so do you want to get into our game? Yeah. Um... So we're playing a game today called True Lies. True Lies. True Lies. It's time for the True Lies game. Only on
1: Real on Real that's a movie it is a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold and
0: Jamie Lee Curtis yes (laughs) but it has nothing to do with that movie it's just convenient (laughs) and a great title for a game on a movie podcast because it's a movie
1: it is a movie Rob
0: so anyway true lies um we've each come up with three movies and each movie for each movie we've come up with three factoids one of which is a lie-toid. And we have to pick <laughs> How which one... i did it take one. you to come up with that one. <laughs> I just came up with it. Right on the spot.
1: Wow, I'm impressed. You're working with a genius.
0: Ooh. And we have to figure out which one is the lie. And uh, if we do that, we get a poon. And Jeremiah, do you have the real on Reels official game ledger?
1: I do have the official... Real on Reels game ledger.
0: So, um, Jeremiah, please remind the audience what the current standing, the point standing is, in the official Real on Reels game ledger. And you, again, as always, you can follow the official Real on Reels game ledger at uh, Real on Reels Ledge. Still not a thing. And um, you can also, he, if you know him, you can call him Heath because that's his name. Um, he's Heath Ledger. Um, I'm gonna make that joke every time we play a game.
1: I hope that's not true. It's. I'll just edit those. You're parts gonna out. be very disappointed. Cutting it up. Okay. You're not. So, I'll put that back in. Our overall score at the moment is nine for you and eight for me. All right. Cool. I'm in the lead
0: and um, no collusion. Let's commence the game. Uh, I will give you the first movie. Hit me. The Big Lebowski from 1998. A favorite. Factoid one. Most of the clothes that the dude wore were from Jeff Bridges' own closet. All right. Factoid two. The word dude is used more times than the F word. Factoid three. The dude is is never seen bowling in the film.
1: Oh. Hmm. Very good. Very good. Which one These are, is the Litoid? You did a good job of picking difficult ones here. Um, I know the first one is true. Um, and I'm pretty sure the third one is also true. So by process of elimination, I'm going to have to say that, that, uh, what was it? That the dude is more, used more times than the F-bomb? Yes. I'm going to have to say the F-bomb is used more times. Ding, ding, ding. Yes.
0: Um, F-bomb was used 292 times. Wow. And the word
1: dude was used 160 times. Wow. I did not realize. Most of those were probably from John Goodman. Probably.
0: So, yeah. Good job. That is one poont for Jeremiah in the ledger.
1: Write it down. Cool. All right, Rob. Your first movie is going to be the 1992 Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by... Francis Ford Coppola. Oh. Starring Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman? Are the very same. Hmm. So Factoid the First. Coppola made the cast read the entire novel aloud to get a feel for the story. Factoid two. Winona writer convinced Coppola to make the movie and chose most of the cast. Wait, what was that? a writer she was in the movie also yeah yeah she uh, the, the fact of it is that she convinced Coppola to make the movie and, to, and she chose most of the cast oh okay um Keanu reeves considers this his best performance he plays Ren, uh renfield no no he plays uh, harker he plays the oh. the dashing fiance I thought
0: that was renfield
1: no renfield is the the creepy guy the helper guy right the sidekick the but anyway um, underling
0: uh let's see i will say that he made him read the entire novel out loud
1: you think that's the false one yes and they did do that and according to anthony hopkins it took him two days
0: um francis ford coppola was an asshole <laughs>
1: So that happened. And then Wynonna writer did convince him to make it and she chose the cast for oh. the most part. And um, Keanu Reeves does not consider this his best performance. He's not happy with it because he was exhausted uh, after making a couple of their movies before he ma- started making this one. Oh, okay. And he felt like he didn't have much left to give and so he wasn't happy with his
0: performance. Yeah, I should have went with that one. He's got so many good roles. Right. John Wick, I mean, how could... I haven't seen that but yet. But it's also, I don't know. I wasn't sure when he said supposedly said that. But... Right. Um. Okay, so... So, no point for Rob. All right. You have tied up the overall score. My film, the second, is The Wolf of Wall Street, from 2013. One, this was Jonah Hill's highest paid role. Two, the first Scorsese film to use iPhone footage. Or three... Mm -hmm has the most uses of the F word in a movie.
1: Oh, wow. I think, I think I might've heard that somewhere that it has the most F words. So I'm going to, I think that's true. And I could see it being Jonah Hills. uh, Could it be Jonah Hill's best paid role? Or would that be maybe one of the jump 21 jump street movies? Yeah, I'll say that's probably true. So I'm gonna say that it was not the first Scorsese film to feature iPhone footage.
0: Eh. Uh. Um there is a scene, there's a small clip shot where Scorsese did not want to spend the money to have it reshot. He wanted a, a sign on in an airport or an airplane, and some of, one of his producers had a shot, a reference shot on this iPhone, and Scorsese was like, yeah, good enough. And it was in the movie.
1: That's awesome. Scorsese the boss.
0: But the the false one was that this was Jonah Hill's highest paid role because he wanted to desperately work with Scorsese, Uh, just like Bella Lugosi desperately wanted to be Dracula. So Jonah Hill took the SAG minimum of sixty thousand dollars to be in the film.
1: Wow. 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 Interesting, man. It's crazy how you find these weird connections between movies. Okay, so I do not get a point there, but I am ahead in this game, one to nothing one to nothing uh so my next film for you rob is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind Ooh, one of my favorites one of my favorites Mm. 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 definitely a top fiver for me is it a top fiver for you probably not top five but it's definitely probably top 10 all right but i've never written out the list so Definitely a good one to, to get into one of these days. Yeah. Got to give it the proper treatment, though. Yeah. So, anyway, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So, the first one Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet dislike each other in real life and had difficulty developing on screen chemistry in their happier scenes. Hmm. Kate Winslet, uh, number two, Kate Winslet never dyed her hair for the movie and only wore wigs. Number three, Nicolas Cage was considered for the role of Joel Barish which is Jim Carrey's role.
0: Hmm. these are good ones. Uh,
1: Rob didn't know what he was signing himself up for when he came up with this game. I smashed it out of the park.
0: Shut up. <laughs> um, I will say that Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey, just like each other, is the false.
1: Ding,
0: ding, 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 ding. Oh, I did such a I smashed it out of the park.
1: <laughs> I purposely made that one a longer sentence because I thought you would kind of gloss over it because yeah. you'd be like, oh, that's probably true. Um, but no, actually... I would um, assumed
0: I would have heard that before. Right. So that's why I went with that Nice, one.
1: good thinking. Yeah, so actually, it's very much the contrary. They uh, they developed a close bond during the um, pre-shoot, uh, what do they call it, the rehearsals, uh, mm. the rehearsal screenings or whatever. Right. And a lot of the dialogue between them in the movie was taken from actual conversations that they had oh, okay. like about their past relationships and stuff. Hmm. So um, yeah, very much not, uh, they very much don't like, dislike each other. <laughs> um,
0: that was uh, Z- <laughs> Ziggy termized cat bursting through the door. <laughs> yeah. He, he uh, desperately wanted to back in he to the studio.
1: He does not like shut doors.
0: But he loves this expansive library where we keep, thousands of cin- books on cinema
1: and of course our official but that should be obvious from how well researched and well informed 168
0: show is. pound ledger
1: oh did you weigh it wow
0: yeah that was the, i mean we keep adding to it so we keep getting that bookmaker friend of ours to expand the binding and add pages and
1: we aim to please here. At We're going to need Reels. three
0: people to lift that thing pretty soon. But anyway, so it's time for my, uh, to give you the third movie for me. Hit me with it. All right. The third film is the 1999 Stanley Kubrick film, Eyes Wide Shut. Ooh. <sighs> Fact one. After reviewing footage, Kubrick was dissatisfied with the sound of an actor tapping on a window. Instead of re-recording the sound with a stand-in, Kubrick flew the actor back out to London to tap on the window again.
1: That definitely seems like something Stanley Kubrick would do.
0: 2. Kubrick posthumously received his only Academy Award for directing at the 72nd Annual award Ceremony. Hmm. And 3. The film was shot entirely in London because of Kubrick's fear of travel. The shoot lasted so long that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's children had English accents when they were finally done shooting
1: wow this is a tough one um i just find it hard to believe kubrick didn't get an oscar during his lifetime so i'm gonna say that's the false one
0: that is the false one but not for reasons you think because he, the man never won oh an academy wow. award for directing ever ever wow crime against humanity (laughs) if there ever was one. i
1: stumbled into the right answer on that one
0: right uh so ding ding ding
1: i can't believe that
0: yeah that's uh one of my main gripes with the academy awards that and they chose forrest gump over pulp fiction
1: oh man it sucks that it had to go up against forrest gump because like I love Forrest Gump, but. Yeah, nothing's going to beat that. It was just. It pulled way too many heartstrings for way too many people.
0: It's Oscar bait.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, topic for another time, I suppose. Yes. (laughs) Oscar bait episode. Dishing on the bait. All right, Rob. We're going to get into the last one here. Okay. Back to the Future.
0: Ooh. Literally, probably, it's my second favorite film. Oh, wow. I didn't know outside that. of Ghostbusters. I didn't
1: know it was that. High. Oh, Ghostbusters is the only the only the only kn- higher one. I knew you liked both those movies. I did not know they were number one and two. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. Great movies. So, Back to the Future. So Robert Zemeckis. This is the first factoid. Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, the screenwriter, own the rights to a Back to the Future franchise and are uh, planning a reboot. And what? Are planning a reboot. Okay. Factoid two. Ronald Reagan quoted the movie in his 1986 State of the Union address. Factoid three, Johnny Depp aud- auditioned for the role of Marty McFly.
0: Um, I know the answer to this one because Zemeckis and Gale said they would never reboot this movie. Uh, man, I'd, so if I had known that this is your false.
1: number two favorite movie of all time, I would not have picked it for this game. <laughs> wow, okay. Bold strategy, Cotton. If you didn't know it as well as you did, I probably would have got you on that one. Um, yeah. So, uh, ding, ding, ding. Good stuff. Was so, I two and two? Yeah. And ended up being two and two. Wow. So,
0: I'm, uh, still ahead. It's 11 to 10. Me and the overall Reel on Reels game score, which is highly relevant for some reason. Yep. It'll come, <laughs> it'll, it'll come into relevance at some point. Yes, it will, Rob. Yep. All right.
1: So, um, so our, our Todd Browning death match yeah and I won is, so I, uh, I think you should get another
0: point for winning right
1: no that's not really how the points work
0: but I won the death match so
1: but it's not a game
0: oh so you're admitting that I won <laughs> thank you um,
1: <laughs> I did that's give all it. I wanted I'm giving it to you only because they're so stinking close and because um, there is the objective measure of I mean that's Freaks not out. Having higher ratings Not objective It's not objective at all <laughs> It's more objective Than the two of us You know Going at it Yeah but Because I mean, there's it's such, a, such a larger sample size Those, are, those are people on
0: the internet <laughs> I don't know What they're talking about <laughs> so We Are the sole authority On film Oh yeah Good point Siskel and Ebert were Hacks. Posers Hacks <laughs> no. no They were great They were but hacks, <laughs> we are the end all be all of podcasting, not just movie podcasting. Podcasting, Joe Rogan, eat your even, heart out. Don't even bother, <laughs> because I'm here and I'm here to stay, and Jeremiah is here and he's here to stay. So if you want to, if you want to subscribe, do so. We're at Twitter at reel on reels or on facebook.com slash reel reels.
1: I'm not sure where all this anger is coming from.
0: Anchor.fm slash reel on reels, reel reels official at gmail.com. Goodbye.
1: See you next week.